Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Insight Editor at Marketing Week and today I'm joined by Matt Bushby, Just Eat UK Marketing Director. The past 12 months have seen exceptional growth for food delivery platform Just Eat, driven in large part by the restrictions of COVID-19. Describing itself as the UK's food delivery market leader, Just Eat serviced 179 million orders in 2020, up 35% on 2019. This growth shows no sign of stopping. During the first two months of 2021, Just Eat's UK orders rose by 88% and deliveries were up more than 600% compared to the same period last year. Partnerships with the likes of McDonald's and an exclusive deal with Bakery Greggs have helped drive growth. Marketing has been central to the brand's success. In a bid to grow market share and boost long-term profits, Just Eat ramped up its investment across both brand and performance marketing during the second half of the year. This includes the release of the high-profile Did Somebody Say Just Eat campaign with rap superstar and bon viveur Snoop Dogg, which even spawned a Christmas spin-off. Overall, in 2020, Just Eat and Takeaway.com collectively boosted their global marketing spend by 158% to £316 million. Welcome, Matt. So to kick off, Just Eat and Takeaway.com more than doubled their marketing spend last year. This was a combination of putting marketing on hold in the first half of the year and then ramping it up in the second. Looking specifically at the UK, why did you take this approach and why has marketing been such an important part of the brand's response to the crisis? Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on. Well, I think from our point of view, the whole world shifted. I think we we know that from a, from all our experiences over the course of the last 12 months. But certainly from a business point of view, our priorities shifted pretty dramatically in um, in March and and marketing played a really, really central role in, in how we responded to that. And I think it's probably fair to say that the role of marketing changed um, when the pandemic uh, first really um, came into existence in March and, and it became much more one of providing support, but also providing information as well. And that that's across our restaurants, our couriers, and our customers as well. And and our role became ensuring that throughout the pandemic, we were playing that role of market leader. And you, you referenced that earlier on. And that's really important for us to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to make sure that, that those communities are well served. What did that mean in practice? Well, it meant providing support packages for our restaurant partners, and that included waiving sign-up fees, reducing commissions, um, making sure that we were helping to educate around things like contact-free delivery. And it also meant that we were really focused on how do we make sure that our restaurants and our partners had safe working environments, and how do we provide the information and support there? And and some of it was basically just decoding the 5 p.m. government briefings and trying to make sure that that our restaurants were well served with the information from those as well. It also, I think, gave us the opportunity to, to think about how we stay close to our communities and to our customers as well. And we wanted to make sure that actually what we were saying as a business and what we were saying as, as marketers was reflective of, of that mood. And, and we did that in a way by really bringing to the fore different messages that helped to support. So that could be things like as I said earlier on, reinforcing the idea around contact-free delivery. People wanted to feel safe in their food delivery and wanted to make sure they were making the right choices there. Um, they were also opportunities for us to support in some of our communities. And that came through with our NHS discount that we ran, also our Superhero Sunday campaign, which was all about giving people and restaurants the opportunity to support frontline charities.
charities and we raised over a million pounds in doing that. We worked with, the, with ITV and the BBC on Britain Get Talking and Children in Need. So we were still going at pace as a marketing function, but we were trying to, to do something different. And I think that was really trying to reflect where the public mood was. And, and as the country took small steps forward towards some degree of normality, if that even exists anymore, we kind of decided that was the time to help to bring a little joy, bring a little um, welcome relief to the nation. And and with, oh, did somebody say campaign, pain with Snoop, that really played a, a central role in, in that next phase for us. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that campaign because it's one of those sort of standouts from last year. I'm right in thinking you went live with the Snoop Dogg campaign in May um, after deciding to hold off for, I think, five weeks to kind of gauge the public mood. Why was it important that you that you did wait, but then that you sort of dug into the customer insight to really get a sense of sort of getting that timing right? You're right. When we produced the Snoop ad, we had it uh, about five weeks before we went live. And and the reason we held on was, was a couple of things. One was, as you say, making sure that the time was right and that the sentiment was right there was there was a lot going on and things were changing pretty quickly i think when we first produced the ad or the ad was first ready was the time when boris johnson was was in icu so things were changing really really quickly and we were trying to make sure that what we didn't do was to produce something that didn't sort of chime with with how people were feeling and how people's experiences were playing out so we spent a lot of time we did research with customers and spoke to lots of people as well virtually of course um to understand actually how was that sentiment developing and how is it changing, which was really important. The other part of it, we're a marketplace. So we have our customers on one side and we have our restaurants on the other. And we were still in that stage where lots and lots of restaurants had closed down. So it was really important for us that we were able to make sure that that restaurant supply base was in a healthy place. So we weren't pushing lots and lots of orders to people, to restaurants that weren't ready for them. But also from a customer point of view, that we had enough restaurants to, to service demand. And as, as always with, with these campaigns, you hope they drive more demand. So, and we need to make sure that that balance was right. So customer sentiment one side, but also restaurant supply and availability at the other. And it's a balancing act. And I'd love to pretend that it was all a, a sort of a finely developed data model that got us there. But a lot of it was gut instinct backed up by data, making sure that we were doing the right thing at the right time. And I think we were successful in doing that. It's really interesting to hear kind of your approach to that and how you sort of felt your way through to getting it right. And I wonder when when you then did go live with the Snoop Dogg campaign, do you remember what the response was like when it landed? And how do you kind of go about measuring the success of, of that campaign, but also just the wider marketing strategy at a time of such disruption? It's a great question. I think at the heart of our strategies is a very simple promise that we want to deliver joy. And we've looked at various different ways that we can do that over the course of the last last 12 months. And, and we've already talked about some of the, the initiatives that we did across our various different communities. Snoop was absolutely key to that. And, and I'll come on in a second to how we, we measured that specifically. But obviously, we, we started the year with our sponsorship of Love Island. We played a really big part in supporting being at the centre of the return of, of football as well. So we worked with uh, BT Sport around sponsorship of the Premier League. We partnered with um, the EFL on the return of the Football League. Uh, we also worked with the guys at Sky as well. So the, some of these moments where, as I said, just those little returns to the things that brought us a little bit of joy and a bit of pleasure um, were absolutely key. But so were launching some new brands into the market as well. So the likes, I think you referenced it earlier on, McDonald's, Greg's, but also Pret and Starbucks, as well as some of those really brilliant local favourites that we've all got around us. And so the delivering joy meant, went from everything to the big launch moment with Snoop all the way through to that just fantastic moment when the delivery driver knocked 
knocks at the door and somebody's bought you a um, a curry on a Friday night or a, a pret sandwich on a uh, on a Tuesday lunchtime. So so I think it all played through there. And and actually we saw the sentiment come through. So the, the social sentiment around the Snoop campaign was was amazing. It was over ninety percent positive sentiment, which is a pretty rare gift um, in marketing, as as people will know. And and we saw that along with all of those different strands of our strategic approach really come together to help us to deliver the results that you talked about at the start. And I think it's been key for us to make sure that we're continuing to be agile and responsive and making sure that we're adapting our approach as we go through. We know we've got some changing moments in society as we see lockdown being slowly eased. Thankfully, as we go through the course of 2021, things will change again. So I think for us, the challenge is making sure that we're delivering things that we know are true to our strategic aim as a business, but also making sure that we're able to reflect where people are and to make sure that our marketing is adding something to their lives and is relevant to where they are and how they're feeling. So the pandemic also kind of put things on hold. And obviously, you know, one of the biggest things was the postponement of the Euros last year. Since then, Justy has signed a deal with UEFA to sponsor the Champions League and the Women's Euros as well. But obviously, you were going to be involved in that tournament and had to put things on ice. Why sort of are things like the football sponsorship such an important part of the marketing mix? Um, and how do you think that will play out for Justy in 2021 and beyond? Well, you're right. Football's always been a really big part of, of how we engage with our customers. And, and that's for a couple of reasons, really. Firstly, it's a passion point of so many. It's, it's one of those things that unites people, it divides people as well, but it's something that gets gets the nation talking. And it actually plays out as a really sort of interesting and key uh, food occasion as well. So actually, what well, what does that mean? That means that people eat together when they watch the football. They're going to get a pizza. They'll sit together as a family, as we have been over the last few months and indeed year, and have a pizza together and, and watch the game. And when we're lucky enough to have friends around, then it becomes a really big moment and big occasion for that as well. So we know that football's key and we've done that. As I said earlier on, our deals with BT Sport, um, we've worked with Sky Sports, with the English Football League, with talk sports as well but actually the partnership with uefa and the sponsorship of the euros really takes that to another level and as i say the euros is one of the premium sports events in any year um, but particularly this year as we've got that real sense of anticipation as we come hopefully out of our lockdown but also towards those big sporting occasions that have been delayed from last year so we're really really excited in terms of how that's going to play out we think there's going to be real excitement across the country as the um as the euros coincides hopefully with with some of our release moments from lockdown but also it gives us a really really great platform to showcase just eat and to showcase some of the amazing restaurants that we've got on the platform too and i think what was really important for us was actually our next phase of partnership with uefa so the sponsorship of the champions league and a number of the other uh, uefa properties because that gave us the opportunity to work with both the women's and the men's tournaments and just eat is a, is a brand for everyone and we believe that this gives us an amazing platform to deliver that message and i suppose i mean there's so much to take away from this year and so much opportunity so much you've been capitalizing on kind of moving forward with but on a personal level what has it been like like for you as a leader in the business in terms of kind of working with your marketing team, working with your agencies remotely to sort of achieve what must have been a, a really big list of things that you wanted to do um, during what has been a crazy, a crazy year, but also an exceptional year for the business? 
It's been a fascinating time, I guess, I don't know whether that's the right word, I'm not sure, but it's been a time which I think I've probably been my most productive. And I was having a conversation uh, with a colleague earlier on this week and saying, actually, some of the peripheral stuff that occurs in a day-to-day basis in the office just hasn't been there. And it's actually allowed a lot of us to focus and to be, I think, probably a bit more efficient in the way in which we work, which I think has helped the team to produce, I mean, really some exceptional work. I'd say our best ever work this year, which is no mean feat in a world where I've not seen 90% of my team for 13 months. So um, in that regard, I think there have been some real positives that we'll take out of it and some working practices that I think we'll take forward. Having said all of that, I miss the human interaction. I miss the the time that you spend with colleagues, the creativity that comes from that, the arguments the conversations in the corridor, the conversations uh, over coffee, in the pub, wherever it might be, those moments that spark an idea and those moments and places that help you to feel a sort of a more completeness from your working environment. So I think what we'll probably find is we take part from both. Hopefully we take the positives from both areas because I think it's given us an opportunity to reflect on how we work. And I think it's told us that a lot of what we did was actually great. I think there's, I don't necessarily agree with the narrative, which is that the whole working pattern, working environment will fundamentally change forever. But it has allowed us to realise that there are certain things that we can do better and there are certain things we can do more efficiently. One of the things that I've actually really loved is the work that everybody's put in. We've worked really, really hard as a business to try to bring people together and keep people together and to make sure that we play a wider role as an employer. I think when you're you're in normal circumstances, people will socialise together, they'll go out together, they'll grab lunch, they'll go out after work, whatever it might be. But actually in the environment we've been in, I think we've had much more of a responsibility to give people a focus and to give people things that can help them to, I guess, cope more and give coping strategies at times where it has been quite tough. And whether that's been providing mental health resources and making sure that we're giving people space, encouraging people in my team just have built in a fake commute into their lives, which is practical as it sounds, going out for a walk at half past seven in the morning and going for another walk at half past five in the evening. And that has just helped them to decompress because that's probably a bit we've all missed. We've obviously done those things as well that have tried to bring people together and we've had some successes. We've done everything from online pizza making, pasta making, cocktails, quizzes, bingo, guest speakers, whatever it might be. And there's been some brilliant parts of that and I think that's really brought people together. There's been some disasters. Our online pasta making was, I think, a truly disastrous session where we were basically shouted at by an Italian lady for the best part of an hour. So there, there have been bits that have worked and bits that haven't. But I think what I've seen is is the importance that you have and the responsibility that you have as leaders and, and as a business to make sure that you're thinking beyond how do I get the most work out of people. Actually, you're responsible for much more than that. You're responsible for the well-being of people, particularly at times where uh, people have a lot less going on in their lives. I know I have done and actually work plays a bigger part. So you've got to help them to manage that. and You've got to help them to get the best, not out just professionally, but also personally as well. That's a fantastic and uh, insight kind of into how important well-being is. And as a leader, you're right, you know, that idea that productivity, yes, is important, but it comes with kind of making people feel, you know, that they can take that time out and they can sort of be creative and and take their brain somewhere else and they come back to you even more refreshed. So thanks, Matt. It's been great chatting to you. I really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast and check out the next episode coming soon on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. That just leaves me to thank Matt and you for listening. Thanks.